Very special, we're all still locked in the house edition, but let me paint this scenario for you. It's early Sunday in the morning, and now that house has an intruder. You're woken up, emergency situation. In this case, it was Anthony Smith's wife, because at least someone was paying attention. She's like, there's a man in the house. They can hear him yelling. He verifies there is a man in the house. Proceeds to, according to him, get into one of the toughest fights of his career, (laughs) which is a common theme here. And he was quoted saying, no normal human is able to fight like that. He said he peppered him up with knees, haymakers, kicks. This person came back with everything he had, fighting not always easier from outside the cage. Anthony Smith has proven it. It is time for Verbal Tap. I'm your host, Kevin, and I am scared shitless of this story. Everything about it. Rap, how are you doing? Fine. I'm in my house and I'm safe, I think. I have some contentions with this story. The first of which is when Anthony Smith's wife turns to him and says, there's a man inside this house. I think his response should have been, there's always been a man inside this Damn house. Damn right, woman. Now go back to bed. Take it's like, that. Uh, no, <laughs> dipshit. No, that's not quite what I meant. Uh, two, if Anthony Smith has issues with this, what say for the rest of us? Because <laughs> this guy's murdering me, right? I don't have that yeah. kind of lion heart girth. And three, uh, you alluded to the fact, I think, this is kind of a zombie uh, Mm -hmm. element to it. And I'd like to think that that after I hit somebody with, like, my four or five best shots, that at this point I'm starting to look around to nearby uh, weapons, not unlike the movie Enough, where I'm looking around at my surroundings and saying, what can I do to survive? I also want to point out something here, Kevin, which is that both you and I, I don't know that if a robber came in now, that they would really appreciate me saying, yo, this is me at my weakest. If you could have been here like a year and a half ago, I feel like this would be a fair fight. But I've been in lockdown for so long. I'm fat now, dude. I have to tell you, I missed the part where Anthony Thomas here. It was like, did you, I'm sorry, Anthony Smith. Where did you give him the lecture on social distancing? Like, did you two try and keep six feet apart? If you break into this house, believe you're going to get an earful about my opinions, and I'll show you where the soap is. Mm-hmm. That all sounds tougher than it is. I'm being very literal. It's going to be like, hey, excuse me, sir. I don't know if you know this, but there's a fucking pandemic. Get out. That is pretty great to imagine, though, before you start fighting with somebody that you're just like, hold on, I just I can't take any chances right now. So you stay there because, you know, I'll kick your ass, but I I don't want the germs and I don't know where you've been, crazy man who walked into my house. You might have been going down COVID lane. Omaha. So it's most reasonable explanation. I was I. You actually are kind of butting in on where my hope was for this article. Obviously, I hope. But I was like, <laughs> do we have a first zombie situation of this? Like, verified? Yeah. Bad luck to yeah. attack an MMA fighter. What are the odds? You're trying to break into houses? It's like, fuck. <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, 
this is not an insult to our friends who do self-defense. You are fighting the good fight. But this is terrible for the rest of us who I'm pretty sure don't feel like we're John Wick. I don't feel like many of us have a cowboy scenario where we think we're going to just come through because I know our listeners. That's to say that other people who do martial arts, who don't listen to this podcast, don't feel like they're going to yeehaw their way and they're going to show that robber what's what when they're gun if they can find it or get to it because they're tough as shit. Hey, did somebody cock this? I forgot if I cocked it. Never mind. It's cocked. <laughs> Oh, shit, it's not cocked. <laughs> I figure out what it did. I think the other thing that upset me about this was he had to go tell this to Ariel Hawani. And I think as I was kind of breezing through the clips that I saw of it, <laughs> I feel like there's a had separate conversation that you have to have. Ariel, he texted him first well, thing in the morning. Who You're not going to fucking believe what happened. There. I got to talk about it. I've got one of those John Jones in the Park stories. <laughs> and so the thing that I'm figuring out here is, you know, you're right. It could have been John Jones for all we know. They never oh, disclosed God. the man's The rematch. Name. I will say, it's like, where's the security <laughs> footage here? Um, do we not have it in the budget? I'm starting to understand why the wife's like, security's lax. I got to stay up. <laughs> Especially in the fact that, you know, John Jones was a little hesitant uh, he didn't quite know who was going to give him a match to. And while we're, you know, good transition moment. <laughs> would explain oh. some, why this person was able to take the punches. Sadly, they've identified him. Unless John Jones is using a really good fake name. It's not John Jones, but damn it. <sighs> so I want to say something about the way that we do our social media, which is that we try to space out our things. So we always have like content going up. And you guys who listen, you know that we recorded with Nikki Rod, um, you know, a couple weeks ago for celebration of our 400th episode, part do. And this is something that we're happy about. We had it go up and we're just starting to get around to publicizing it. And when we were just starting to show people who may not be, you know, our diehards, we're like, hey, we have an episode with him. Well, guess what? Nikki Rod goes on flow grapplings, Regis and Kathy Lee version of what they do for their daytime talk shows and i said okay well he's going with gordon great get by the way second time gordon i think appeared on that show in the same week so i think we're running out of stars in grappling if that's the case he's retired. anyway i say i say you know what i'm gonna go and wait I'll, I'll wait it out we'll put it up this week as i'm putting it up this week nikki rod decides you know what's a good time to challenge John Jones? Now seems like a good time. I'm going to go in and put up a challenge to John Jones. Yeah, you know, both of us are in geese. That's a thing. And let's see if we can make it happen. Now, I don't know if many of you heard our impassioned plea, but the first thing I'm thinking about for John Jones isn't necessarily like, ooh, can we get him in a sub-only match? Um, I, we definitely can. We just have to get Nikki Rod brought up on some charges here in the near future. <clears throat> They're going to be slightly more ele elevated, but we can get them into Albuquerque PD. I'm sure. 
I'm absolutely sure we could. I just like the fact that as people were saying, like, I want to see this match happen. I want to see this match happen. I was like, guys, this is how this continual behavior continues to go on is because he just keeps getting away with it. And there's no repercussions for it. And I think we've seen some of the people like there have been a couple stars who have said, I don't feel any sympathy for him anymore. He's choosing to be this guy. No, no. Even no. as troubled as he is. Drunk driving chooses you, Raph. Everyone knows that. <laughs> <laughs> when oh, when no. the coca, the gun have it, and the drinking while driving, <laughs> when they show up at my door, they know I'm going to be playing in the band that night. And uh, what, I think what, John what Jones second. is just a guy that gets it. I, Verbal Tap Legal has okay. jumped so off the you balcony. Saw Tap Legal? Okay. I saw one of them. He jumped on the Verbal mattress Tap on Legal. the. He's out of the loft. He was like, I'm leaving and I'm doing it painfully. Verbal Tap Legal wrote a very large cursive letter before jumping off the building. We lost Mothers Against Drunk Driving. The Coca does not choose you. And I disagree. <laughs> So to me, it, nature nurture, it feels like it chose John Jones like a superpower. Yeah. So anyway, we put it up today. And I got to tell you this. I enjoy the Nicky Rod. I know that he's looking for a good fun match. And I think under different circumstances, yeah, of course. And I think the prevailing thought is, okay, John Jones has nothing to do. Maybe this is something positive <laughs> uh, for him. Not nothing. He has court dates to keep. Let's be, <laughs> people are being so rude. He's not without well, appointments. One thing we didn't bring up the last time we were talking about it is, there was the potential that his court date was going to be pushed back because of COVID-19. <laughs> so he, I, I don't know, Kev. You and John I, Jones we, drives we, again is what I'm hearing. Just, he's going to get back no. behind the wheel. He's got another chance. Uh, you know, even like fucking Herbie, the love bug movies make more sense of reckless driving than John Jones. You want a real Disneyland ride? You get on John Jones's wild ride. And see what happens. That's a scary ride. So I don't know, Kev. I'm in a place now where I think our audience is expecting us to talk about. Uh, I have a transition for this. Hold on. I have a transition okay. for this before because I want to do a quick Dana segue, but I wanted to. I was. I, this is cute. You're going to love it. Dom Toretto's his insurance by Fast and the Furious 10 makes as much sense as John <laughs> Jones does currently. Speaking of bald, authoritative figures, I want to talk about Dana White. Dana made news, and you shared with this article, and I assume it was to ruin my day because I can't unknow this information. He is being currently sued as part of a, and Dana would dismiss it as a fake suit, which certainly is plausible. Um, our judicial system is ridiculous. Actually, this is a fun, this is another fun segue. They are apparently in a court battle. All I saw was, and this is offensive, that it's about a sex tape with Dana White with his girlfriend at the Spearmint Rhino. Raph, so many questions mm. to unpack. Number one, who's the bloodless, lifeless asshole that videotaped this? Was it Dana White? Two, can he not get a suite somewhere not where she works? The lady deserves to be taken out someplace other than the Spearmint Rhino. Third, why do we have a sex tape scandal featuring Dana White in 2020? Shouldn't this be more of like 1994's problem? 
yeah, I wish we could retroactively give years uh, certain issues that we don't want to deal with anymore. I feel like this is not only gross, but it gets to that rare area of a personal issue that most of the times we try to take the higher ground on. But this is Dana White, so here we go. Higher ground like the stage in this case. Um. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's kind of a fun thing because you can see the reporters waiting for the right time to strike at Dana. Because, don't forget, this is the same person who's called all of press row a bunch of pussies for the way that they are reacting to COVID-19. So you can kind of feel that the minute they hear that there's a sex tape, which for me and Kevin (laughs) is more amusing than anything else. And don't get us wrong. We would never want to watch it. But if it presented itself to us, we would probably try to stomach through it for the good of you, the listeners, so that you wouldn't have to. That's not a promise. That's just kind of a, no, why does this exist? Now, to your, your point, Kev. I would drink some bourbon, grit my teeth, and watch <laughs> that devastatingly sad video all two minutes of it. That would be the moment you and I go to Patreon, and that would be the first extra that we would ever put for this podcast is, yo, pay us $2 and we'll watch it for you assholes. Kev, where do we begin? First of all, Spearmint Rhino, isn't that kind of like the entry-level strip club? Like, strip club aficionados, hear me on this one. If you have Dana White's money, are you trying to be grounded when you go to Spearmint Rhino? Are you trying to be of the people? Is there no other place to go? Are you trying to keep a low profile? That's a good question. Or this is like a, when you... a presidential candidate hits a diner for no reason. It's like, wait, <laughs> what? Yeah, you're right. This is a weird choice for him. And then you have to imagine, does he say something like, listen here, Magenta, I started with you. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere without you. I will always come back to this fucking spearmint rhino, even though I can afford way classier broads to cheat on my wife with, allegedly, I choose you. So, I don't know. I just know from my days of frequenting, I always felt like Spearmint Rhino was like the last resort kind of uh, strip club you could go to. Just great square footage, though. Sometimes you, you can't yeah. put a price on space. <laughs> hey, listen, you know what? <laughs> location, 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 Kevin. And I want to be crystal clear. The infidelity was the least offensive part of this story to me. I want to just if anyone's curious where I rank it, I was like, last, I am most offended that someone <laughs> recorded Dana White having sex. I'm very offended by that. I'm super offended by the court battles being wasted here. It's like, you know why it's difficult to find a good lawyer? This would be why. Um, court dates, this is really dumb to tie up years with. It feels like a very dumb person on one end and a really angry, rich person on the other. And, uh, even the like quid pro quo angle of this, it's like, did he said he took a fall for Dana? It's like, shut up. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I believe it's quid pro ho. 
<laughs> please make sure that you are accurate in your description of what this is. And Quid hey, pro rhino that... this time. It's got a lot. <laughs> we, we will get to the fucking fights. F- fight light, uh, fire festival we're, we're... for fights. Yeah, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. We're getting there. We just, we have to do narrative storytelling. We have to quick paint the context first. that brings us there. <laughs> Which we Here's can, where you can you can final note this. I'm done. I've gotten all of my jabs in. I feel very morally oh, I, secure. I have not because I have theories as to you're like who would do such a thing. May I present to you my number one theory on all of this? Ariel Hawani paid a guy. No, good. God, I wish so. Number one theory on Rafa Sparza's list here. I'll tell it to you guys right now. I think Dana's so old. He might have actually old personed the front camera of his phone <laughs> and that he might have filmed the sex tape accidentally because that sounds like a dumb thing that Dana would do. Um, you're not bad. You're not saying I mean, Ariel Hawani isn't far off. Uh, I would think Randy Couture would probably be in there somewhere. I mean, there's a list of people. Scott Coker probably tap some things I, I, I again who cares whatever it's just funny to hear it i think the funnier thing to me was this is one of those things where dana white admits that this has happened before that he's trying to extort money from him and that he's so sick of these allegations being there because it could possibly true and i was like "Mm, i mean it could be true some of it that, definitely there was some previous payments being made to this human being like this human being knows right. that. so maybe you know he's both a sleaze bag and it's true for everybody so anyway you can tell cue ball is not in a great mood between having to relocate an entire fight card that everybody keeps saying is cursed and he refuses to say is cursed Boy, and proof, yet society. Right? Oof. And let's Time get to it. Five. Where, do yeah. we get to the fighters, the venue, or the weirdness? First? What do you? Which order do you take on this story? All right. So in one sentence, the context, if you're listening to this in the future, and this is the only podcast you hear about it, two guys who are super good at fighting, have been made to try to fight four times previously. And for whatever reason, it just didn't happen. But this time, it was going to be different. That is, until a pandemic happened. And if you believe in God, you know, this is one of those times that you say, listen, this is a pretty good evidence. The rapture is coming, sort of a thing. So for all of us who are just sitting here wanting to see this fight, bummed we're quarantined, maybe making the best of watching WrestleMania as a form of the only sport there is left in the world. Yeah, I said sport because it was on ESPN and it was the only highlights that we had going on. We get it. Time sucks. And we're just trying to go about our business and go to what Dana White calls normalcy. So Dana White keeps, you know, trying to convince us this fucking thing is supposed to happen. It's going to happen. Don't worry. It's 100 percent going to happen. And if you don't feel a little bit of spidey sense when he says it's 100 percent going to happen on a fight that hasn't happened four other times, you start to get a little bit of a mm, I don't know. This might not happen now. Uh, 
So, Kev, where do you come in two weeks ago when the rest of the world has to go home and now we're getting to the point where he says it's going to happen? Do you at that point think it is? No. <laughs> no. I have, and why? I'm in, I'm in extreme denial right now. It has been – Dana has not at all been a part of this quarantine. He's never thought it made any sense. He has been upset since they wouldn't let him go to his favorite spot in the Spearmount Rhino. We'll call back. He clearly thinks he can bulldog his way through with some weird, and it's a nice homage to the UFC early days. It's not uncommon for him to be fighting against people telling him he can't fight. In this case, I think he's, I think he's a little um, woefully wrong about how much people want to see this because everybody pretty much collectively, when we lost Khabib and Tony, which we did, it was like, well, yeah. fuck this. And now what he's trying to do is not even really forego just to give us that. Be like, look, it's just going to be those two fighting in the basement of some Russian whorehouse. Great news. We got a discount on the locale. We're going to give it to you for 150 bucks. That would be awesome. That's not what's happening. Instead, it's we're going to replace him with Justin Gaethy, a fight that we haven't had fall through six times. It's going to be on an island, and you and I are like, Hell yeah. Arm some people. Let's make this an escape from type movie situation. After the fights, it's every man for themselves. $1 million to the survivor. Love every part <laughs> of Fight Island. Uh, well, no, it's, it might be somewhere else. It might be on some California tribal lands. And it's like, okay. So to <laughs> me, uh, slowly really losing hope that the bald father is going to be able to push this through because he's never seemed like he's thought anything else. Like it's only must recreate product, no audience, rinse, repeat, fuck the government. Or I don't know if it's the government or if it's liberal. I don't know who he blames. Might be fuck us, the audience. But he was just part of this huge commissioner conference that met with Trump. Yes. And they all left feeling optimistic. Great. This is great. And the NBA immediately was like, well, we're probably done. Right? Yeah. <laughs> the NBA is going to be the most reasonable one for anything science-based. NFL is not going to give a flying fuck if they have to put mass over the helmets. They're going to keep a product out. So the UFC is going to be, I assume, on that side where it's like, they're going to do this nobody in the audience thing for all of one event before Dana's like, all right, fuck it. Everybody can come to my Cali tribal land. <laughs> well, <clears throat> where do we pick back up here, Kev? It, Let me say this. With the fighters? I don't know. The location disappointment? No. There's so many weird. <clears throat> Here's what I think is missing from the beautiful summary that you have. Which is Dana was really in on this fight island little parable that we were getting because he was bragging to people. He goes, you know, it's 99% going to happen at somewhere we can't disclose to you guys. And I thought, okay, sure. He's like, I don't want the media to ruin it. Okay, fine. But this is the one thing that caught me where he goes – yeah, not even the fighters are going to know where they're going to go. We're going to have somebody pick them up, and they're going to take them to this undisclosed location. Oh, and I think awesome. somebody in the comment section had <laughs> the same theory that I had, which is, so you're kidnapping them? <laughs> and it made me think. Bandanas on, fellas. <laughs> Things are about <laughs> to get romantic. <laughs> but, but Kev, 
think about it like this. They didn't reveal the card until just yesterday. And at the time, they still weren't revealing the location. They just said, at an undisclosed location. So it made me think, if they said that they were just going to bring the fighters and they you know, weren't going to be told where they're going, they were just going to go. There's a large part of me that was wishing, you know what, maybe don't even tell the fighters you're kidnapping. I think that's more fun to figure out, like, why am I here? Shit, am I fighting Ferguson now? Ugh, fine. Thank you for because coming, Drew Dover. Your opponent has changed. <laughs> the rule set has changed, and you'll now be doing a competitive game of eating. It's like, wait, what? Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> Aggressive, competitive combat eating would be something Drew Dover would do. So now we have the very real reality. We're just going to show right now. They broke the news that it's going to be at the tribal lands. Allegedly, this is just a report, so things can change. They will who change. Knows? They haven't booked shit. He's just releasing and hoping. True, but it's also at the point where the California State Athletic Commission would normally rain on their parade. But part of the beauty of doing this at these tribal lands is they don't have to follow it. They don't have to do a commission. They don't have to do any of these bullshit things. They don't have to go to every rules because it's private land. But here's an interesting factoid to this. So the whole premise of this is we want to keep to those small numbers of people. Dana White is promising us that everybody fighting is going to be tested, which, man, must be nice. Tell that to the people who haven't been fucking tested. But these fucking healthy fighters, quote unquote, are going to be tested upon tested. And Dana White then also said that these fighters will be more safe than they would be at home. Kevin, what does that mean? Well, for certain fighters, and Dana's like, <laughs> uh, we've never let John Jones bring his guns to a fight. That's different. His coke guy. I don't know what the hell that means. That's just Dana being like, look, there's no fucking kids here. Wait, what do you get? What are we talking about? What's the thing you get? <laughs> Maybe he heard the Anthony Smith story and was like, see, I told you. Let your wife deal with that Stop psychopath on her own. You get out it's here to zombie. private island and fight some people. Can I hold on? Last thing. Would it have been so hard to rent a cruise ship in the Long Beach Harbor and fought out in international waters? Did they learn nothing from the movie Pirate Radio? You could easily get some pretty good cage matches on some sort of weird pirate ship. And then, I don't know, if Dana White's kind of dressed like Johnny Depp's character, I'm in. I'm watching that fight, probably. I'll tell you this, Kev, and it's funny you do mention that, because this year's WrestleMania was supposed to be at Tampa Bay. And they had a whole elaborate pirate-themed sort of bullshit uh, graphics, everything, and nobody wanted to do it more to empty stadium than Vince McMahon. But everybody else had to convince him, no, we can't even do that. And Kev, I got to tell you, they got creative. They did all of their stuff in their own little performance center. Uh, they did one match, and I kid you not on this one, Kev. The Undertaker was involved in a match with AJ Styles. That was called a boneyard match. Oh, this was the thing that was uh, pre-scripted or something, or not pre-scripted, pre-shot, like a shot, like a movie type thing. 
Yes. Sorry. <laughs> it Sorry. Said- it took me. I had to get through two buzzwords before I was allowed <laughs> to say filmed. No, very nicely done. Uh, it was absurd. It was like a low grade B action film. Like it looked like the sequel to the sequel of Rambo. And I just, I said, okay, that's what we have to live with. There we go. Dana has a different element, which is, okay, when these guys fight, they have corner men. They have Bruce Buffer. They have Joe Rogan, who, by the way, said he wasn't going to commentate uh, UFC 248. And now magically is. Maybe because he's just within California. But when they were talking about going international, Joe's like, yeah, I'm not doing it. Because he's a little paranoid about uh, the whole coronavirus. So we get it. Anyway, Kev, as we come to all these things, and the fact that Dana's so insistent upon this happening, I'm so happy for Justin Gagey. I think it really is a good case scenario. He is the big winner And it kind of does fuck over. He's the big winner. It kind of does fuck over Conor McGregor. I will say there is one thing I kind of wish a little bit more for Justin Gagey which is his response to this was, oh, I'm terrified, but hashtag for the fans. So he's admitting that it could be a very dangerous sort of a thing. But I think this one is the equivalent of telling your wife, prepare for the best three inches of your life, because he just said, uh, Justin Gagey says that Tony Ferguson will face 18 to 19 minutes of pure hell. My question for you, Kevin, (laughs) has somebody informed him that the fight is 25 minutes or 15? I guess it would be 25, but that he just assumes he'll finish it in that late, late fourth round, probably. Or he just figures like, hey, man, I'm going to coast for at least six minutes. I built that in because yikes. Um, I mean, he's very forthcoming about this. And I, I do dig that about this. Let's talk about the fact that every person involved in this, based on the stupid pandemic that we have, would normally get a free pass in the whole situation. Dana White would be totally on the side of saying, you know, I really get it. He's trying to give us something entertaining to watch when all of our lives kind of suck because of this thing of being, you know, stay at home, blah, blah, blah. Woe is us. First world problems, blah, blah, blah. But let's just say this. When Dana White attacks the media and then says they're pussies and then gets told he can't do this, he can't do that, he can't do this, it becomes a logistical nightmare to the point where one of the people is so confused in the situation that they fly back to Russia. So in essence, (laughs) because everybody said, well, it's 100% going to happen – In fucking, you know, Saudi Arabia or Abu Dhabi or somewhere over there. And that Khabib's like, well, yeah, I guess I'll go back and finish my training there to acclimate that I need to for the last few weeks of, oh, that's right. I'm now under quarantine. I can't move. Totally would get it. I understand it. We give you a free pass. And in fact, Dana, if you even said, let's just fucking not do it, because as much as we like Justin, we just wanted to see Tony and Khabib. And we would have been okay saying, let's do it in a couple months. But instead, we're doing something for an interim title that I still doesn't, I don't think holds any weight to anything. 
And then on Khabib's side, Khabib went out and he was being pressured by the media to say something. People were saying he was running away from Tony and even Dana was coming to his rescue, even though, you know, deep down inside, he fucking hated when he went to Russia. But again, a logistical nightmare. I totally understand it from Khabib's perspective, except for the fact that Khabib's whole deal, even the like week leading into this whole melee was send location. I go there. I fight him. No problem. I will. I will fight him. No problem. What's that? You sent location. I can't right now. Can you send me more convenient location? I won't quite uh, be able to make that is, one. Shit. See the the way my airlines are working right now. I cannot. Even when they're like, "Yo, we could give you a private plane." Like there is regulation that would allow for. Oh no, you don't want to do that. Okay, totally get it. We would totally excuse that because we understand that. And you know the person who wins on this whole thing that none of us thought would is Tony fucking Ferguson who just kept his mouth shut except for the two unfortunate times that he's tried to figure out ways to call Khabib chicken shit. Everybody has to understand we would give them all the amount of sympathy for trying to put on a card to entertain us and yet I still feel like I'd be like, you know, if you just held it off – and did it in two months. That's great. And you know how much this has affected me, Kev? How much? Well, when I saw the fight card was released, I had one moment of just pure joy because I was looking through the card and I realized the like usual suspects they put together. And I was like, Greg Hardy? Pff, yeah, he's definitely going to fight on Fight Island because what the fuck does he have to stand for? He was already living there. Joke's on you. Exactly. And so some of these people, I go, yeah, these kind of make sense. I could kind of see how they would put these people on the same card. They've got nothing to lose. Smile and smile. uh, Sam Alvey has been putting out conspiracy theories that he has no idea makes any sense or not. So, yeah, that dummy's going to do that. And we love you, Sam, but you're just spouting nonsense at this point. There's a moment, though, that I saw Jacare. And I'm thinking, again, my perspective is, oh, they're just getting people who would be desperate for a fight. And I saw Jacare versus Hall. And I didn't do the right thing of thinking, oh, Uriah Hall, which is the obvious answer, because same weight. My brain went, Ryan Hall and Jacare? That'd be fucking dope. Because I thought, who would be desperate enough to do it? I didn't take the logic jump of, oh, yeah, this is MMA. The gambling side of me was just so like, let's see who the fuck they got on this card. Man, this is so fucking stupid. And that's where we are, Kev. That's, that is where we are on this shit. Well, we hope it doesn't end up like Fire Festival, but I'll watch either the event or the documentary about the event that was supposed to be. So I look, I look forward to whichever Absolutely. it is. Um, what a fun little sidetrack episode. Way too much about Dana's sex life. Um, a good amount about some home security situations and why the best preparation is to be a contender in the light heavyweight division of the UFC. If you really want your <laughs> skills sharpened against a uh, home invader guy didn't end up in the hospital. And of course we've got Justin Gagey fighting Tony Ferguson from some unknown tribal location, probably on a blimp yet to be disclosed. That's going to do it for us tonight here at verbal tap. I am Kevin. Thanks for listening. Good night and good fight. 
number you have dialed has been changed. The new number is... Please note, the new number is...